Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Word Up here at Bright City Church. Uh, I'm Ian, I'm pastor here at Bright City, and I'm with Ben, uh, my brother, (laughs) my friend, and uh, one of the worship leaders and leaders here at Bright City as well. So great to be here. And um, thank you for joining us. Thank you live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and uh, also listening on the podcast. It's great to have you with us. We're going through the Gospel of Mark, and we've um, got all the way through to chapter 12. We're beginning the chapter 12, verse 1 today. Um, how are you doing anyway, Ben? <laughs> Give you a Good. chance to say hi to the people. It's, it's hello, sweltering hello. today, isn't it? It is hot, hot, hot in <laughs> yeah. England today, uh, which is glorious. Mm, um, yeah. Loving it. God has turned up the thermostat at last. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank Everyone you, Lord. Everyone is out. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully Freedom Day tomorrow from uh, some of the restrictions that we've had in the UK. That's true. It yeah. is indeed. Here in the UK, it's Freedom Day tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we'll be next week, we're starting... Uh, live meetings in the church as well so wonderful right in the gospel of mark we're we're making great um progress and jesus has arrived in jerusalem we're we're moving towards the cross moving towards the crescendo of his mission his work and we've arrived and we had all the people uh, praising him on the way and then uh, interestingly who went to the temple turned over the tables and um, uh, really you know did a, a work there didn't he <laughs> and uh, addressed you know what was going on there some of the, the buying the selling they turned you know his temple into a, a, a robber's den he was one of the expressions he used and um, and now we are Ah, yes, then, then the Pharisees and the Sadducees have been addressing him. And here's a response. He, he he's, brings a parable back to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who've been talking to him about, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? And he did reply about, you know, he kind of threw it back at them. Well, by what authority does um, John the Baptist do his work, etc.? We, we touched on that last week. But picking up then uh, from chapter 12 and verse 1. He then began to speak to them in parables. Man planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed then he sent another servant to them they struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully he sent still another and that one they killed he sent many others some of them they beat others they killed he had one left to send a son whom he loved he sent him last of all saying they will respect my son but the tenants said to one another This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? 
he will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read the scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. Then they looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Oops. Later they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them whose portrait is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow. But he also died, leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error, because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Right, that's verse 27. We're going, to, um, we're going to go through the commentary up to there. So, right, um, here we are. We're talking, and, and, and maybe to start with, Ben, it's interesting that uh, I've noticed, and, and we've got even leading up to this verse tw uh, 12, verse 1, he's addressing or being addressed by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the priests, the... It seems like that the enemies of Jesus that, you know, that coming out after him are the religious leaders. That's it, yeah. And, uh, you know, that is quite shocking, isn't it? I mean, the people who, you know, were, if you like, waiting for the Messiah, the people who supposedly should know about God, know about his love. And yet these were the ones who opposed him and, and we know eventually killed him. Um, they were, yeah, they were, they were, what I would put them on notes, 
that I've put the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, a cluster of wild grapes. And I've said that because of, of, of something um, that was uh-huh. was long kind of shadowed in yeah. the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which we, we can have a look at. Yeah. Um, I mean, he starts off with his parable talking about a vineyard. And uh, in the Bible, there's, there's so much kind of um, there's word pictures and, uh, and uh, metaphors and all, all this great stuff that all mm-hmm. points towards, you know, Jesus and his ministry and, you know, pictures of, uh, um, of things to come and, and things of old. And anyway, we've got, we've got the vineyard, yeah. which is, is a symbol of Israel. Mm. And uh, I'm going to read you from, from the Old Testament a couple of scriptures. First one being Psalm 80. Uh, verses 8 to 11 and uh, this you I mean you just have to read this to see the, the parallels we've got with this with this par- parable in uh, Mark it says you have bought a vine out of Egypt so I mean who's that talking about straight away it's Israel isn't it mm-hmm. you have bought a vine out of Egypt yes. you drove out the nations and planted it the whole thing with Joshua um, driving out the nations and and you know, the mm-hmm. promised land. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. And then even even more than that, Isaiah 5. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 5, um, it says, uh, My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it, and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. Mm-hmm. Moving on in there, it says, what, what more there was to do for my vineyard that I've not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? I will remove its hedge, it shall be devoured, break down its wall, it shall be trampled down, I will make it a waste, it shall not be pruned or hoed, briars and thorns shall grow up, I will command the clouds no rain. I look for justice, justice, but found bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold an outcry. And yeah, there we go. Like there's yeah. the vineyard. The vineyard. And uh, that basically it's such a. There's so much symbolism in this. I got mm. stuck on this so much in my mm, notes. Mm, mm. And I was looking at wine magazines and all sorts of yeah. fun things and websites mm, and that. Mm, I'm like, what wild grapes? What's what's the thing with wild grapes? Yeah. So, this is what I discovered. Mm. Um, Wild grapes are like the rootstock of, of vineyards. Uh, and to give an example, when the, the Europeans first settled in America, mm-hmm. they, they found like these wild grapes growing. Okay. Uh, and uh, a, a wild grapevine in its kind of unharnessed state is a bit of a parasite. It, it, it climbs up the trees, it blocks mm. out the light, it, it kills the trees basically. Right. Um, and they, they made, um, they made you know, started making wine from these wild grapes. It's very very bitter mm-hmm. um, and they have flowers which are all for show but very bitter fruit again I don't need to say any pictures about that for you know for, mm-hmm. for what it speaks of for yes, Pharisees yes. it yeah, says yeah. when they pray they make a big show of it but they haven't got the Lord in their heart anyway so they the European settlers they they just they they brought in some of their own vines quality vines from mm-hmm. Europe and tried to make wine but they also brought insects in that killed all of their European vines and what they had to do was harness the power of mm. the wild grape yeah. and graft it into their grapes from Europe right. to make this wonderful new grapevine that was mm. resistant to insects and disease. Mm-hmm. And 
that that produced a new wine right. where we get wines like Merlot, Cabernet, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, all of those lovely things that I've just had a look at in Aldi's this afternoon, actually, <laughs> all from that grafting in. Now, mm -hmm. what, what I'm saying from that long-winded mm -hmm. example is that, you know, Israel is, is, is the, the wild, you know, producing the wild grapes. And it's such a picture of how, you know, when that's submitted and harnessed and grafted into, uh, together with the church, you know, what a powerful, powerful picture of, of what is called the one new man in Christ. Mm -hmm. We've got the strong root stock mm -hmm. and the grafted vine, which we are as the church. It took, Paul talks about wild olives and uh, being grafted, uh, us being grafted into the wild olive root and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. You know, such a picture yeah. of, of that coming together that brings such a strength, you know, as, as the one new man in Christ. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they, that, 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 I mean, that speaks far, far into the New Testament, you know, beyond where we are mm -hmm. at the moment. But I thought it was such, a, such an amazing, Brilliant. amazing yeah. picture yes. of, yes. of Israel and mm. this, the, mm. the whole thing about new wine that yes. we hear about in the Bible. Mm. Um, and that's just from that one picture of Israel mm. as the vineyard, which yeah. he's saying, you know, mm. I, I've planted a vineyard mm. and I've, I've put workers, I've rented it out to workers as such, which are the religious leaders, and I'm expecting good fruit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. well, I won't jump ahead too far, but we'll, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, so, so the vineyard is Israel. The owner of the vineyard is God. And then we've got the, um, the, uh, the farmers or the... The, 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 what, what are they called? Uh, the tenants. The tenants, yeah. The vineyard, yeah. <laughs> Would be the priests and the leaders... And and it seems like the um, the Pharisees and, and the leaders that, that were hearing this parable, they knew that Jesus was was addressing it at them. It says in the Word of God here, doesn't it? It says um, uh, afterwards, he said they looked at ways because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. So they knew what he was saying. Mm -hmm. He was saying, "Look, um, you know," and, and and referring to the the people that. The, the, the owner of the vineyard, meaning God, sent to, to check in on, on what was going on yeah. and how they were beaten, they were killed. They were, and, and this speaks of the prophets going to, doesn't it? To go on. I mean, I'll just jump in on there. Please, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it's amazing how this, you know, the Old Testament speaks into the new. It really, mm. really is. There's that phrase the, the new is the old. Uh, the the old is the new concealed. The new is the old, old revealed. revealed. Yeah, and it is it's just mm. this this parable and these revelations are just that personified. Mm. They beat Jeremiah in Jeremiah thirty seven. Micaiah in one Kings was struck on the cheek for for prophesying against false prophets. Mm. And in one Samuel, Saul ordered Doeg the Edomite to kill all the prophets in one of the prophetic towns. And, they, you know, they, these are the prophets mm. that God has sent into the vineyard Israel. Mm. And just as it, it says in the parable, you know, you yeah. beat some, you, you, you struck this man some, on the head. Struck yeah, it him, says on the head, you know, which is you just Micaiah. referred to. Micaiah, yeah. And then... Uh, and then they killed them, which which you know sword of the direct Edomite to kill to kill prophets. Yeah. And then obviously you know he's speaking of, of the future for himself. Jesus, I'm you know. And then he said, and one left a son whom he loved, mm. and um, yeah, that they knew that he was talking as well about himself. Yeah. Um. So. He, you know, he's saying, "Look, I know that you're going to kill me. I know that you're. I know that that's what you're about as well." When he's speaking this parable to them, and um, 
and the inherit come let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours and um interestingly so he goes from this vineyard picture straight into the stone saying haven't you read the scripture the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone the lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes now um you know it's, it's an interesting yeah switch from this parable isn't it of the vineyard into this um picture of a building and i know it's quoting there from from the uh, the prophets i can't think which prophet it's I'll just check have it. you got it there <laughs> yeah uh where are we 10 11 um but yeah quoting from one of the prophecies and um and this image of of the capstone the the stone that the builders rejected if, if we think of a building in um the middle east in those days still with buildings today you know the the foundational stones and the capstone was if you like the corner main stone of the building it was a large stone that the rest of the building was built upon and i mean if you if you later on if you push that capstone move that capstone out of the way the integrity of the whole building would be you know hugely affected and it could in fact collapse but uh, here he's saying this stone you know the the, the capstone uh, the main stone, the builders have rejected, meaning you have rejected. I am the, the capstone. I am the stone. And and if you think of the temple, the stone of the temple, the huge stones of the temple, and almost like the, 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 the previous things and, and what you're doing, what you've been doing, and your systems are built on the, the temple system. Mm. Um, but the, the, the builders have rejected the capstone. And now there'll be a new building built on me as the capstone. Amen. And you talk about the church and the one new man as yeah. well. And so, and the Lord has done this. It's a marvelous new thing. So it's prophesying, speaking into what God is doing through Jesus. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it. marvelous I mean, in our eyes. Yeah, that, I mean, that picture of, uh, well, yeah, you just quoted it. It's Psalm 118. Verse uh, 22, folks. We're not making it up. It is there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and he says, it's marvellous in our eyes. You know, this is uh, yeah. the day that the Lord has made. Yeah, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvellous in our eyes. That's Psalm 118, verse 22 and 23. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that picture, again, again, of, of you know, the one new man in Christ, which is Jew and Gentile, um, and it being... You know, a picture of what the Lord wanted. Israel was raised up from from nothing, from Abraham and Sarah, who were uh, uh, barren, and uh, you know they they were chosen by the Lord to um, propagate this new people, the Jews, to be a witness to the world of, mm -hmm. of, of the glories of God, uh, and to be a witness to the Messiah. And uh, ultimately, what happened is that Jesus came. It says in John to his people, to his own, and his own did not know him. But you know the picture we see today is uh, uh, that we that is possible is that you know the uh, the Jewish root of the church has been uh, realised in the Messianic Church, which we see all over the place. And what do you mean by the Messianic Church? The Messianic Church. Okay, Jews that have be, uh, that have uh, got the revelation of Christ and have have, have 
accepted him as their Messiah. You mm-hmm. know, the Jews were waiting for uh, for their Messiah. Yeah. Uh, and so they they still consider themselves to be Jewish. Yes. Don't they? Yes. Because, because they they kind of they maybe use this term complete Jews. Is that right? Yes. Or completed yes. Completed Jews. Something. You know, Jews, because yeah. they 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 the Messiah has come, if you like. Yeah. 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 And so many Messianic congregations of the world, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and then and then there's the church that was raised up. You know, they were to be the witness to the world. Uh, and we're we're not Jews, we're Gentiles, but uh, you know we're we're the church, and you know that their Messiah has been revealed to the world. It's the whole mm-hmm. world's Messiah, you know. But he had a people, the Jews first, that were to display, you know, his messiahship, his kingship, and his salvation to the world. And that's what we've come into as Christians. And you know, we we can draw so much from the Jewish roots of our faith and the revelations that come from the Jews and all of the symbolism and all of the richness that they bring. But it doesn't mean we, you know, we have, we have to become Jews. It doesn't mean that, you know, we can, we have to um, start mm. speaking Hebrew or dressing like rabbis and all this kind of stuff. I, we, we do pray for Israel at, mm. at uh, Bright City. And, uh, you know, we kind of, in the conference, you know, we have the Jewish dancing. We have, uh, you know, we sing in Hebrew and stuff. Mm. And people have said to me in the past, well, I don't see why we have to sing in Hebrew. And I'm like, you don't have to. It's just fun. It's just interesting. <laughs> and, you know, we don't need to become Jewish, but, you know, it's good to have, you know, some revelation from them because it speaks straight into our faith, you know. They said Jesus was a Jew, by the way, if you, if you didn't realise that. So, you know, and it's all that culture and all that richness that uh, is displayed to the world and and are revelations for us as Christians. You know, we are believing in uh, the Jewish Messiah. Yes. And, uh, you know, his revelations. I mean, all of these scriptures, every word that we're reading was written by a Jew. Uh, (laughs) All of the Bible were written by Jewish people, Old and New Testament. And uh, all of the the church in the early first hundred years or, or more were, were, well, I say all of them, let's get this right, <laughs> but the, the early church were all Jewish until it went out to the, uh, to the Gentiles. So, yeah, uh, we, do not, we, we do not reject the Jews. We're not replacing the Jewish people. We, we are waiting for them to have the full revelation of their Messiah. And, and the Bible prophesies that that day will come when Amen. all Israel will see and believe and be saved. Wow. So anyway, we better not go all the way down <laughs> yeah, there. We're, but, we're going off in a yeah. rabbit hole, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So Mark 12, we can continue on. It says, now we, we see now that they, it says that they wanted to kill him. They were looking ways of, of trapping him. And they, they started to send different groups of these religious leaders to trap Jesus with these certain questions that they thought up. And here we have in verse 13, it says, later they sent, and I wonder who they were. It's almost like this conspiratorial group. The cluster of wild the, grapes. Yeah. <laughs> so the cluster, the, the conspiratorial cluster, sent the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus. Now, now two very diverse groups, interestingly. So the Pharisees were, were priests of some sort. What, have you got anything yeah. uh, more to say on the Pharisees? Yeah. Who, who were Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the teachers, the scribes and the Herodians? Who were these people? All of these little groups, honestly. Yeah. The, Phar- the Pharisees, um, interesting, the Pharisees are, you know, they, they kind of evolved into the rabbis that are in Israel today. Um, and there's no Sadducees anymore. There are Pharisees, which are the, the rabbis. So the Pharisees were a movement. They were a school of thought within within uh, Judaism. Um, 
And during this, the, the 70-year exile to Babylon, because Israel was conquered, they got all exiled to Babylon. And of course, they didn't have the temple anymore. Um, they couldn't carry out the religious services. So what, what happened was they formed um, what was called a, a Bet Knesset, a Knesset, like the Knesset in Israel, mm-hmm. which is like a, a, a Greek a Greek kind of word for that is synagogue. And everyone knows the word synagogue. They're like a Jewish meeting house. So mm-hmm. no temple. They had to have synagogues. And uh, they had houses of study. Uh, and when they returned to Jerusalem, there wasn't a monarchy anymore. Uh, and the kind of temple um, elite kind of took over that role. And, and they were the Sadducees. So they um, were like royalty. Yeah, like they were the aristocratic Sadducees who yeah. took care of the temple okay, and, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Uh, and then, But you still had the Pharisee group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and other groups as well, like the Essenes, if you know anything about Dead Sea Scrolls and the scribes and all this kind of thing, the Herodians that you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these kind of you know, different people and they some of them challenged the legitimacy of, of the Second Temple because it was kind of instituted with foreign powers and they're like, oh, you know, is it is it legitimate? And there was all this kind of stuff going on. But uh, yeah, the, the Sadducees, they actually, they, they believed in the, the Torah, which are the Torah, which is the first five books of the law of Moses um, and nothing else whereas the Pharisees had the uh, the Torah the the writings the prophets and lots of other stuff around it which uh, was kind of the oral law which is passed down for generations so stuff they had about um, their rituals their their uh, civil Ooh. matters and all this kind of stuff um, and that was like the Mishnah and uh, the Jim, the Jamara. We're getting into it now, but this was all like an oral law um, that instructed them. It wasn't scripture; it was just like a commentary on on scripture, if you like. And the Jamara was a commentary on a commentary um, that, that that kind of built around this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and made it kind of like law for them. They may be getting lost the wood for the yeah, trees. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Yes. This is the, the, the issue of religion, isn't it? And religious practice. We'll get that's to it. there anyway, religion. But uh, yeah, so you've got the Pharisees and the Herodians. Interestingly, I know, you know, from reading around that the Herodians, they, um, they were descended from the Edomites uh, and they were actually despised by the Jewish people and they politically sided with Rome you know, the oppressors of the Jewish mm. people. And it's interesting, yet the Pharisees and the Herodians joined together to attack Jesus. So even the enemies, um, you know, joined together to That's to trap and trap um, to trap Jesus. The enemy of my enemy is my, is my know, friend. Is my friend. Yeah, yeah, the enemy it. of my enemy is my friend. And so you've got the Pharisees are representing the Jewish side, if you like. The Herodians would almost be representing the Roman side. And they came to, it says to catch him in his words. They came, we're going to catch Jesus. And they came to him and said, you know, well, well, who should we pay tax to? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? And of course, they knew that if he said, oh, no, we shouldn't pay taxes taxes to Caesar then the Herodians would run back to Pontius Pilate and say this guy you know he's rebelling you know attack him kill him or whatever arrest him and and yet if 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 he said oh yes we should pay taxes straight out then the Jew, the Pharisees would say to the Jewish people you see he's siding he's with our Rome. oppressors yeah. And they would reject him, the Jewish people. So they thought they could trap him like this. And uh, what did Jesus do about it? Well, maybe you want to pick up on that. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. did he sort of come well, back at them? Again, he's kind of like saying, well, look, you know, your system of money, your system of government is Roman. 
Mm. And, and the money is all, you know, bring me, bring me a denarius. Whose face is on that, you know? And it was Caesar's. What, sort of bring me a denarius that's in your pocket yeah, that you're using? That you're using. That you're, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, again, it's like, you know, if you like, maybe referring back to the, the parable and saying, you know, Caesar's the master of this vineyard at the moment. So you give to Caesar what is Caesar's and you, you, you know, the matters of God, which are in your heart, no matter who is governing you, um, you give, you know, you give to God what is God's. Uh, and by doing that, excellent as he was, you know, Jesus kind of sidestepped both of those accusations, you know, yes, yes. where he could have been, uh, you know, criticised by the, the Romans or criticised by the Jewish people. He went right down the middle and says, look, you're the, what you're using belongs to Caesar, so you give it to him, but you give to God what is God's. Yeah. Brilliant, you know. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they they knew that Jesus was saying, you know, the things you're supposed to be giving to God as leaders of God's people, you know, you, you're not giving... You're not giving to God what was rightfully His. And interestingly, I was reading, and it, it reminded me there. You know, look at the look at the head on the coin. You know, whose face is it? And then, but if you look at, if you like, almost the imprint that's on us, we are made in the image of God. God is the imprinted uh, head on our lives, and yeah. we're to give to God what belongs to God. We're made in His image. Our life's now not our own. He's rescued us. He's paid for us, ransomed our lives, and we should be you know living our life for him so there's uh, on many levels but yeah give to god what is god's and i like what it says there it doesn't say you know oh they were stumped they were they were just it says they were amazed at him mm. so i mean yet they were amazed and yet they didn't surrender to him did they yeah. you know it's, it's it's i see this running right through this gospel you know where uh, if you you can you could see miracles you could hear incredible truths. You can encounter the living God. But every single one of us has to, at some point, surrender and humble ourselves and say, you know, I, I surrender to you and your lordship. Mm -hmm. You could be right in the midst of miracles and all sorts going on. But at some point we have to choose, you know, God, I give you my life. Take, you know, come into my life. Take away the, the rubbish that's in me. The, and, 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 and I surrender my life to you. Yeah, they were amazed at him. They didn't surrender their lives to him there. No, so then we come to the Sadducees, and you Here told us a bit, a bit about those. And, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. No. That is why they were so sad, you see. Hey, I had to get that one in. <laughs> because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And Paul even says, you know, then you are the most miserable of all if you're like a Christian and you don't believe in the resurrection. You know, you're the most miserable of all the people because, you know, you're just living this life. And if there's no resurrection, what? why are you doing all that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's why they're so sad, you see. You like it? <laughs> Dan, if you're watching. Dan, a dad, dad joke, joke there. Dad joke <laughs> from there. Okay, so the Sadducees, so there's no, they, they then come with a question and they said, yeah. they, as you, as you described there, did not believe in the resurrection. Um, they said about, oh, yeah, this, this, this scenario, interestingly, about, they had this thing in the Mosaic law that if uh, a man died with no children, then his brother could marry the wife that was left behind to mm -hmm. to procreate for 
for that family. Oh, now, I, I was I was reading interestingly, and this is amazing. I know there's there's such depth here, and I I've got to dig into it myself. You know, when the families were all allotted a piece of land in in the Israel when they arrived, they were each family was allotted a piece of land, and that was for eternity. Oh, really? Those allotments were, were were forever, if you like. I say for eternity. They were they were certainly for for the forever in this life. <laughs> but um, you know, isn't that amazing to to have that kind of so so yeah. Now it was it was important for the land and the families were connected, and so if um, if the family kind of stopped, then what would happen to the piece of land? So this was part of the kind of mosaic provision okay. to keep keep things going. Yeah. And so, but of course, it might have been a one-off situation here and there. And they're kind of coming up with this sort of fictitious situation where what happens if, you know, the, all seven brothers died uh, of this one woman and she, mm -hmm. you know, married them all at some point. She was married to each one of them and then she died. They get to heaven. What happens? You know, yeah. they're all queuing up. That's my wife. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's my wife. I oh, know. <laughs> and like you say, just total hypocrisy to trap him because they didn't even believe there was a resurrection, which is just, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, absolutely. you know, he, he would know that, you know. <laughs> and that's what he goes on to say, isn't it? You know, he, he just kind of, you know, chops them right down and says, it's, it's not the reason you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. So he's saying, you know, what you, it's almost like, what are you playing at? You know, what are you doing? Or you, you don't even believe this, yet you're posing a question to, to do with something you don't even believe in. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just a total trap, you know, to, to kind of, you know, outdo him. Yeah, but, so they're totally sort of disingenuous in, is mm. one word in the sense of they were, they, they did not want to know these things because they, like you said, they didn't even believe in the resurrection. And, and um, I, I was just reminded as well of the, the kind of approach. Ah, here we go. Yeah, because we got the Pharisees and the Herodians. And, and listen to, to, to the way they talk to Jesus. And I think there's something here to pick up on and, and, and take note of. They said, teacher, you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men. You pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. They were laying it on thick. Yeah, you think of the the, the the buttering him up. Yeah, that goes on there, and and I think you you know, and yet there was such evil intent. Mm -hmm. And you think of this sort of flattery, and you know, we've got to be very careful both about the use of you know disingenuous flattery ourselves. You know, it's wrong. It's sinful, in fact, and and. Uh, the, the word of God says it in different places in Proverbs and things. Um, but also, I think, you know, to be just be a bit aware if someone comes to you and they're approaching you with such flattery, you know, you, th you think, well, what's going on here? Is there yeah. an, an agenda at work? Not we don't want to be suspicious of every friendly person. No, no. And it's not about being friendly and give praise where praise is due and you know and encourage and congratulate people absolutely but you know you can sometimes sense in your spirit when someone's just sort of maybe going a bit ott buttering you up and there's there's another agenda afoot the wild grapes yeah. produce flowers as i said earlier on you know there was all that show that flower and attraction mm, yeah but bitter bitter wine from from the fruit and I mean, come on, it's like the spirit of Jezebel all over again, isn't it? You know, great big show, but total evil intent going yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah. And, and you think of the bitterness, and we think of, you know, maybe a bitter heart, a bitter 
bitter thoughts and, and a heart towards people. It's such a dangerous place to be. You know, let's be right in our heart. Let's bring our hearts before the Lord and say, Lord, you know, purify my heart. And, and you know, is there any way in me that is, um, you know, bitter or jealous or, you know, all these things. And God will, God will help us and, and keep us. You know, everything flows from the heart. So, yeah, I just, it struck me there how uh, there was such flattery going on. So going back to the Sadducees and the question of this, um, you know, situation where, the, you know, who will be married. And uh, I was reading in the commentary as well, but it also reminded me of my uh, daughters growing up and and uh, they were asking about you know will there be marriage in heaven what about you know uh, and and, and I, I'd like to even <laughs> no, I don't know about like to but even say my wife Rachel is sort of oh you know won't we be married when when we're in heaven and, and maybe I said it too but uh, but the thing is there, there's a whole different order of things in the the new creation and, yeah. and 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 in heaven and and Jesus himself says it here will be like the angels. Yeah. So what what do you think about that, Ben? What, well, what I just think there, there'll be no disappointment. There'll be no weeping in heaven. I think you know this. You know, I, I totally get it. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. what we're not going to be married oh, in heaven. Yeah. I think we'll be so consumed with the the praise and the awe of the Lord um, that you know. There won't even there won't even be a uh, a consideration. It won't yeah. even be a consideration. We'll just be all, you know. Will we recognise each other in heaven? I th you know, we, we may do, but we'll be consumed, you know, with the things of the Lord and. and oh, Ben, you know. I think we absolutely will be Ben, <laughs> and, and you you'll be so Ben and so pure Ben, lovely Ben, you know, with all of our kind of um, and and me, you know, all of our kind of issues removed, if you like. And yet, so ourselves, and 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 I think the quality of our relationships are going to be so much more yeah. um, beautiful, amazing, pure. That um, you, you know, that marriage will 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 not be required almost, you know. But but we'll because another question that often arises, interestingly, I think with maybe with some Christians and, and you know, it's, it's an understandable question. And even with maybe non-Christians, ah, if, um, if I felt that any of my relatives didn't get to heaven, you know, or were in hell, mm -hmm. how could I possibly enjoy heaven? Yeah, you know, so, yeah. so you've got this question about what happens in, in heaven, what happens in hell. And, and what about that one, sort of, um, how can I possibly enjoy heaven? I'm not going to sort of throw you a hospital pass there to, <laughs> to expect you to, you know, because it is a tough one. But if you think of, you know, the, 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 the absolutely, totally different, new and wonderful life experience and, and type of relationships, level of relationships, now your brothers and sisters in Christ will be absolutely your brothers and sisters. And, and in a sense, those who've rejected Jesus, I know this might sound hard, but, um, you know, you, you won't think of them or relate to them in the same way. Possibly. We, we don't yeah. know, of course, but. You got to think of the, the, the parable that was told about uh, Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus being the, the, the beggar on earth and then the rich man ignoring him mm -hmm. and then him begging from, um, from the separation point. Uh, and, and Lazarus is up in there in heaven and he's begging the angel please let Lazarus come down and, and uh, you know just wet my tongue with a drip from his finger because mm -hmm. of to, you know from this torment uh, and I, I don't 
rightly remember the angel's response, but it's like, you know, he, he's not concerned with the things of, of earth or the past now. He's mm. consumed with the Lord. And basically, you had, while you were on earth, you had the prophets. You know, these days you have the church and the gospel being spread worldwide and you chose not to listen. Um, and he's like, well, please send someone back to tell my family so they don't end up where I am. And the angel says, well, you know, they've got the prophets, they've got the church to tell them. Um, and even if a man rose from the dead, they still wouldn't believe. There you go. Uh, and that, yeah. that's it, bang. You yeah, know, it, yeah. and it, that's, you know, that that, that it does, it, it is hard, it is hard to take, because um, you could think, how could I possibly enjoy heaven if knowing that my relatives are in hell? And um, unfortunately, in, in the Middle Ages, the, the church played on that and, and made money out of that very thing. But, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. it's... Well, uh, inviting people to pay, what to, were they called? Uh, indulgences. indulgences to get their relatives out of yeah. purgatory, which we don't believe in, like an halfway house between mm. heaven and hell, um, to get their relatives out of hell into heaven, which is, you know, that's nowhere in scripture. Mm. You know, it, it, it's... The, the, here we are, you know, the gospel, you follow Jesus and you have the promise of eternal life. If not, you have the, you have the, the certainty of an eternity without Jesus, which mm -hmm. is the Bible describes as a place called hell, where, yeah. you know, the tor is in torment and gnashing of teeth, because, yeah. mainly because of, of what you could have had, had yes, you believed. Yes, yes. You know, we've mm -hmm. got all this medieval kind of thing about devils poking you with pitchforks but i think the main thing is the weeping and gnashing of teeth is mm. what you could have had yeah. you know if you yeah. had believed on the lord yes and it's interestingly jesus's reply are you not in error because not one you do not know the scriptures and two or the power of god mm. and and I, and I think you know if you just take that um statement in itself from jesus and apply it to all, all of our lives i think you know, if we if we don't know the scriptures, if we reject the scriptures, if we don't sort of go into the scriptures, we will be in error. And if we don't, um, you know, encounter God, if we don't believe in the living God and, and the God of, of, you know, omnipotent power and omniscient knowledge that Rachel was talking about the other day, but then, you know, we will we will be an error and miss things and like the Sar Sar Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the others. Yeah. So I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> we get it. great. Uh, towards the end, you know, he's saying about, um, uh, you know, they're saying, you know, they're making this whole issue about, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the resurrection, which they didn't believe in. Uh, and he's saying, you know, you guys only believe in the Torah, the first five books of Moses. And you say that there's no teaching about the resurrection in that, that, those scriptures you believe and jesus is like well you're wrong actually because moses uh you know when when god appeared to moses in the burning bush he said i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob uh, uh i'm not the you know he's not the god of the dead but of the living and you know when he spoke to moses at that point abraham isaac and jacob all had left this earthly existence you know but they weren't dead he, he yeah said, yeah he says he didn't say, ah, oh, I was the God, or yeah. I, I was Abraham and Isaac's God. I'm the God of, of them. He says, I am their God. I am, I am their God now. I'm still their God. They're living. They're alive. I'm the God of the living. And, and it's encouraging because it's the same for us to yeah. know the same living God 
He's our God for eternity. You know, he's the living God. We're living in him with eternal life that, you know, cannot be taken from us. Yeah, he's the, he's, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Yeah, you're quite yeah. wrong, it says. Well, you're quite wrong. In my, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I mean, there was a, an evangelical leader that passed away recently, and I read on Facebook, um, he, his last words, it was Joel Edwards who used to head up the Evangelical oh, yes, Alliance. Joel Edwards, yeah. And his last parting words was, I, I wait to welcome you. I mean, that's awesome. You know, he, he's, he knows where he's going. You know, he's there now. And his last parting words, I wait to welcome you. I wait yeah. to welcome yeah. you. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, Joel Edwards. Yes, I remember him. Well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, those of you who know the Lord, um, we are the people of the God of the living forever. We'll be with him and uh, we're encouraged by this. And uh, yeah, let's um, let's also, you know, be encouraged by Jesus there, you know, to know the scriptures, to know his word, to know him through his word. And uh, yeah, there's a lot more that we could talk about with regarding, you know, I think one, one thing I would leave you with the thought, you know, where there is religion and religious practice, I'm talking about the stuff that the Pharisees, Sadducees and the, the priests were up to. Um, and Jesus, that kind of religion and Jesus do not mix. And one of them has to go. And um, we know that, you know, Jesus was crucified by these guys because, no, they didn't want the living God around. And it's the same with us. You know, we need if, if we let these religious kind of activities that, that are just self-serving come into our life, you know, then we're, we're pushing Jesus out. Let's ensure that our lives are for him, with him, are, you know, um, are humble and open hearted before God as we go forward. And it's a word even to the church today as we come out of lockdown, having this conversation with Ben, that, you know, God has been shaking things up and saying, look, no, I, I don't want this consumer Christianity. I don't want this exclusive little clubs that are just serving yourselves Look, I'm shaking things up. I want you to reset and get back to the purpose you were called for as a band of brothers and sisters living life together on mission together, preaching the gospel together to the lost. And that's what church is. It's not, you know, going to Sunday once a week in your best hat, seeing if you like the music, seeing if the pastor's going to pray for you and then seeing if you'll come back the following week because you were happy with what happened. That is so far removed. That is the kind of religious practice that was going on and that Jesus challenged in that day. So I'm challenged by this and we're working it out with God. Lord, help us. Give us wisdom going forward. And we thank you for your word, Lord. Bless us as we go forward. And uh, lovely to have you, as I said. Have a great rest of the week. Uh, well, thank, we go forward. Yeah. Yes, thanks, Dee, Sharon, Jade, and uh, yeah. Angela and Rachel for your comments. Uh, great. Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining. Amen. God bless all. Amen.